Welcome to the Day Luna Human Design Podcast, where we discuss all things human design and how it can support you and your spiritual journey. This is not a one-size-fits-all podcast. We are here to inspire awareness about how we are all different and help you answer the questions of who am I? What am I here to do? How am I here to do it? You can thrive and live the life of your dreams just by having awareness of your true self. So dive deep with us, get inspired, and start living your life on purpose. Hello, and welcome back to the Day Luna Human Design Podcast with your hosts, Dana and Shayna. Today, we have on a very special guest, Heather K. Marie, and she is an advanced Ayurvedic practitioner and esthetician. She is amazing. She's such a healing soul. She's using all of her gifts. Honestly, you can just feel the alignment emanating off of her as she's sharing this information. So we wanted to have a conversation about Ayurveda. We're in spring right now and focusing on our health and our well-being and our body and what rituals can support us in a deep way and in a meaningful way was really important to us. So this just felt like it was right on time. And Heather received her certification as an Ayurvedic practitioner in Boulder, Colorado. She has an advanced doctorate and an Ayurveda certificate from Ayurveda Sadhana with Dr. Bharat Vaidya. I, I butchered all of that. Vaidya, whose family lineage spans multiple generations of Ayurvedic doctors. She also studied, studied Ayurvedic body therapies at the California College of Ayurveda. She's also a licensed esthetician with specialty training in Ayurvedic skincare. And honestly, she just knows so much. And if you saw the video of this conversation, her skin is glowing. She's glowing from the inside out. And this just feels like the time. So we are going to be diving more into our Ayurveda this month. And we invite you to join us too. Also, she did a besties mini course with us that's coming out on June 1st to our besties. So if you're listening, check out that mini course. And we are just so excited to dive in. Okay. So without further ado, we'd love to welcome on our guest for today, Heather Marie. Heather, thank you so much for being here. I am so, so excited to have you getting to know you in person and being connected through one of my dearest friends, Lexa. I'm just so excited to share your wisdom and have you on today. So thank you for being here. And how are you doing today? Thank you, Dana. So nice to meet you, Shana. Um, I'm doing great. And I'm actually very honored to be asked to be on this podcast because just knowing you, uh, not knowing so much about human design, but knowing you, I I can truly see that you're a master of your work. And so mm. to be, um, for you to be curious about what I do and, and want to have me is a, a great honor. Thank you. Yes, I love it. And anytime we get to do a projector party, because all three of us here, here are projectors, Heather, Shana, and I. We celebrate a projector party. We're so excited to share it and to dive in all, to all your insights. So I'm so excited. And we'd love to invite you to start off by just introducing yourself to our audience. Tell us a little bit about what it is that you do share and teach. Sure. Well, my name is Heather Marie, and I'm an advanced Ayurvedic practitioner. Um, in some you know, realms, I could be also labeled Ayurvedic doctor. Just want to be clear that it's more like a doctorate. You know, it's not necessarily 
medical school, but lots and lots of study. And I'm a mother and I am a farmer mm-hmm. and I run amazing health retreats called Panchakarma, which we'll get into. Beautiful process of detoxifying the body. And I'm really passionate about fitness and longevity. Wow. I have been called to your Panchakarma retreats. Um, ever since Lexa told me about them, because it just sounds so um, integrative of so many, like the whole wellness of your body. And mm-hmm. so I'm excited to talk about all of that. But, and I'm also excited to talk about Ayurveda because I honestly don't know that much about it. We have a lens from human design with diet and eating for your energy type and your digestion, but it it goes really well with Ayurveda. And um, kind of mirrors it in a similar way, but then also extremely different. So, yeah, I'm just really excited to to dive into all of those those modalities. How did you get into this line of work? Okay, it comes from I would say um, a deep yearning of self sufficiency in my life. I it, it's kind of been a journey since I was very young, and I've always wanted to be able to just do everything for myself and by myself. So I've set out on a journey of learning how to grow my own food, learning how to build my own buildings, and then wanting to learn medicine, learning how to take care of myself so that I wouldn't need outside help. We all need help at times, but you know, for to be generally self-sufficient is I think a, a great quality to have. Yeah, that's so true. That's so true. Our biggest thing is wanting to take back our empowerment, you know, really wanting to become our own authority of our lives. And I feel like our conditioning, our collective conditioning has really taught us that someone else outside of you knows better than you about what kind of house you should live in, what kind of medicine you should be taking, what kind of food you should be eating. We've really been programmed to give that authority away And our shift in our consciousness, I think, is really coming back into the empowerment of how do I attune to my own inner wisdom and inner light? How do I attune to becoming my own guide? And I think in the space of health and wellness, having that empowerment, really learning how we are unique as an individual, learning to trust ourselves and feel ourselves and our body's messages, I think is one of the most empowering and healing things that we can do for the planet. So it's really cool. I love that you have so many different things that have really drawn you. And we're excited to talk about, for everyone listening, You know, we haven't really done an episode yet where we've dove into Ayurveda. So I'd love if you could just kind of give us a rough intro. I know that that's a really big topic, but what what is for the cliff notes, basically, what is Ayurveda? Yeah. Ayurveda is the science of life. It's the science of living. It's the knowledge of life. It's the knowledge of living, the wisdom. And so it's it's a system that's given in the Atharva Veda, one of the great Vedas of mankind and, uh, you know, just wisdom traditions. And it comes from, you know, the, the mother India, but it's, it's, it's very expansive. And so it's a system of eating, right living, right thought, uh, right action in the world that really goes hand in hand with yoga sutras that can offer us all a glimpse into our deepest health. 
It's, it's, there's a lot of philosophy. Um, it's, it's based on Sankhya philosophy, which I might just briefly touch on for you. It's, it's based on an, um, a lot of theory and a lot of Sanskrit words. <laughs> but if you want to ask me to distill what Ayurveda is to me, it's living in touch with who you are in balance and harmony with your environment. So your climate, where you live the season and your own particular constitution. And so mm -hmm. that's Ayurveda in a nutshell. Wow. Yeah. I love one of my favorite things about it is that it's so deep. There's such profound, deep wisdom. Like the more that I get to learn and observe from people like you in my life about it, it's just the truth that's in it feels so nourishing. And it's like this really expansive depth that I feel like you could explore forever for an entire lifetime. And I remember once I was asking you about wealth and like, you know, visions of your, your life and you were, you were talking about how, you know, seeing yourself like truly embodying and living that Ayurvedic lifestyle every day and like just the wisdom and connection from that. And it was so inspiring to me. I was really moved by that and feeling like, yeah, that is the greatest wealth to have that level of depth and wisdom in every moment, to have that level of harmony with life and like the essence of life all around us. And I'm curious if you could dive into your own constitution. I know that there's the doshas <laughs> and the theme there. Like, how do sure. we know, how do we know what our constitution is? How do we work with that? What are the different kind of themes that are there? Okay. So um, I'd like to take maybe just a minute to kind of go through what the doshas are, right? Because that's what our constitution is. It's in Ayurveda, if you go online and do a, what's your dosha type? Uh, and take a quiz. This is, it's all going, that's what your constitution is. It's a combination of the doshas and the body. Like, what are the doshas? Okay, so everybody, maybe a lot of people have heard vata, pitta, and kapha, right? This comes from a creation story. And it's the, it's the creation story of Sankhya philosophy where before anything, there is Brahman. There's like the potential God, right? And you can use divinity, whatever word you're comfortable with. I don't want to make anyone uncomfortable. I like to use the word God because that, that works for my life. But basically, um, it's the Big Bang Theory. It's the all of a sudden, there's the thought, I am. And that could be the creation of, uh, of the dust particles exploding for you. It could be God saying, let there be light. Whatever it is, there's this creation, right? With a consciousness. And from that consciousness, there's the potential consciousness. There's the witness. That's Purush. And then there's the what is being witnessed. That's Prakriti. And Prakriti is the word we use for our constitution. Prakriti is creation the divine mother all the, all that is that is being made that we could possibly name and with that in you know the intelligence forming that's called the mahad it's self-awareness there's the i am the ahamkara moment and then everything just explodes from there and the consciousness divides into three subtle elements subtle gunas subtle qualities it's sattva rajas and thomas you don't have to remember these but I just want to get to Thomas, which is inertia. It's the physical, it's things, creates the five elements. So this is elemental medicine. Ayurveda is, is all about ether, air, fire, water, and earth. 
the elements all combine together in their different ways to create the doshas. Here we're at doshas finally. The doshas live in our bodies. They're bodily humors. So we have vata, which is made up of ether and air. We have pitta, which is made up of fire and water. And we have kapha, which is made up of water and earth. And all of us have them in our body in different amounts and in different realms. So someone might appear physically one way, but their digestion might be more towards another one of the doshas or their emotional body or their voice, you know, all these things. So when you do a general assessment of what is the primary dosha in your body, it's it's important to not get like narrowed into, okay, I'm pitta, I'm going to do everything pitta because you'll put yourself out of balance because you have all of it, you know. For me, I am a pitta vata woman. Right? I'm hot and red. <laughs> <laughs> I am sharp <laughs> and um, and 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 creative and in motion. And um, of course, I have kapha in my constitution as well. So you can take a you can take a quiz. But there's three questions that I usually ask people t- that are like the basic, most important indicators of what's what you are, like, what is your, your makeup? And that's how do you respond to stress? What are your bowel movements like? Mm -hmm. (laughs) We talk a lot about bowel movements in Ayurveda. And do you run hot or cold? And basically with those three things, you can pretty much get to the center of what you are. Sorry, that was kind of (laughs) long. No, that's so interesting. I'm sure everyone listening is already kind of piecing together. And I really like what you said about having all three, because I do think that the more that we talk about these things, because they've really come into pop culture a bit, you know, talking about Veda or Ayurveda in general, and people are like, oh, I'm Pitta and that's all that I'm focusing on, but not Mm -hmm. thinking about the full spectrum of how we have all and the balance of all and maybe in the different realms. Like, I really think that my body has a tendency towards Kapha energy with what I know, Mm -hmm. um, and also Pitta. And Vata, I think I have more in my mind and my creativity, but not so much in my body. Whereas Shana, I think she run, can run really cold and can have more of that vata energy, maybe vata and pitta in hers. But I love the three questions and I've never taken a quiz actually. So I'm definitely going to do that. Well, I think you nailed it. I think I, that would be how I would assess um, both of you immediately. I mean, I've had my hands on you and you have a, have like the most beautiful, softest, clear cup of skin and all these things. Yeah. Your watery eyes and gorgeous voice. It's definitely, you have definitely the gift of coffee in your life, which is a very desirable thing oh, in health. Nice. Yeah. Kapha and- is stability and structure and immunity and moisture and the things that we really need to nourish in our life. Mm-hmm. And do all, all of those doshas have like a highest expression when they're in balance and oh, yeah. then maybe like a <laughs> lowest expression when they're out of balance? Yeah, definitely. So for Vata, we're talking about everything that's movement and in its in its highest expression, it's creativity, it's action, it's flexibility. That's a wonderful quality, right? In its imbalance, it's fear, it's anxiety, it's irregular movement. Yeah, irregularity. So that's Vata. Pitta qualities, you know, it's its highest expression. We have Digestion and assimilation, we have transformation, that kind of, and metabolism, you know, taking things in and moving them through the intellect. 
And in its imbalance, it's anger, aggression, inflammation, overcompetition, things like that. And kapha, we have, like I said, structure, immunity, glow. And then in its imbalance, it can be being really attached, expressing a looping of grief, uh, things like that. Inner shadows. Wow. As you're sharing this, I'm just blown away because I know everyone listening is probably like, oh my gosh, I need to know what which one I, I am. And I love those three questions that you that you presented. Why have you distilled it to those three? And are they just the most um like get right to the core of of where what dosha you would be? Thanks. That's a good question. The reason I ask those three the most is because in my work, I am most concerned with someone's current situation and presentation and imbalance, which is called vikriti, versus prakriti, which is their original constitution that they're born in. You might experience in your work, I don't know if this is accurate or not, where you see someone's chart and you can see their highest expression and what what their potential is and the beauty of who they are. It's such a gift to see someone's chart, right? And to, to see a, a, like a little glimpse of them, it's divine. But you want to know what's, what's out of balance. What needs to be balanced? What does this person, what is this person suffering? Right. So that, and, and how might they align with their, I believe this is the language, their inner authority and their, their guides to come to that highest expression. So they're not suffering. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's all about um, this is your highest expression and seeing that. And then, okay, where are you right now? What are you navigating? How are you feeling day to day? And it's so interesting. I never thought about how we have our go-to questions that we ask that really clarify exactly where you're at right now with your energetics and how you can then move forward. Um, things that you can lean into that'll help you to come into the highest expression of all of your gifts. So that's beautiful. Okay. So with these questions, I'm assuming that if you run colder, you're Vata, mm-hmm. right? Because that mm-hmm. I'm just going off of Dana's told me that I'm very Vata. <laughs> I would agree. <laughs> yeah. And I definitely have experienced the anxiety side as a huge theme in my life, but also the like moves quick and very like creative and sharp. Flexible. <laughs> Flexible. But also sharp. I think you're also really sharp in yeah, uh, a go-getter, oh, gotcha. transformer with that pitta energy too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I love, I really love thinking about the world with these powerful archetypes, these divine archetypes, you know, talking about the five elements and seeing them in everything. And I'm curious, the reflection of the seasons, like how do the seasons... Uh, uh, connect to our body, connect to these elements? How do the seasons affect us and change the way that we should be thinking about our wellness? That's the thing that's kind of funny about seasons is we all live in different places, right? So we all have different seasons and the seasons laid out in the texts, the classical texts that I study are based on South India in general. And there's six seasons and like most of them have to do with rain and heat, right? So that's, that's not our experience. And my experience in Colorado is not your experience in Southern California either. So that's where, and you know, when we talk about listening and being um, tuned into yourself and your place rather than like adopting a system, right? Or like 
like we, you were mentioning being, being honed in on Pitta and this, 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 and this. My work is all about not having you like get obsessed about the food lists and Ayurveda books. My work is about you listening to yourself and observing your world and your environment and everything you're living in. So the seasons, so for me, it's clear. It's the traditional four seasons that you have in every children's book, you know? So I'll just, just speak to that in terms of spring where we are right now, we had an increase of kapha, the moisture comes. It's also the time where allergies come and people get mucus, right? And so we can spend the spring focused on eliminating some kapha or just balancing kapha. In summer, pitta raises. That's our heat, right? And our inflammation. And so there's, you want to balance your pitta in the summer, regardless of what your constitution is really. In the fall, we have an increase of vata, which is the wind element. You think about things drying out and and the wind coming and taking the leaves off the trees and the cold coming, right? And then in winter, um, we what we end up having is like a decrease of kapha, which is really equated to say like the, the winter cold season. It's a, a lowering of our immunity and our stores. Mm. We, have, we we store up in the fall and you know, in this traditional model, right? We store up in the fall and then we start to wane through the winter. Winter's the time of introspection and death and all those things. So we lose our kapha. Yeah. So interesting. So when I have a lot of kapha in my constitution, I feel like I have really good health overall throughout the year, but definitely I've always felt that spring is the time where I get allergies and then I get mucus. And, you know, as a a young child, my dad used to take me to acupuncture and she would be like, okay, don't have this, don't eat that, have these herbs. And that was kind of the one season that I had to sort of watch out for because already having that kapha and then being in that kapha season of spring, I guess it was like too much for me and needing to balance. So is that kind of the idea that knowing your own constitution and then in connection with, or in correlation with the world around you, you might need to shift and change and taking care of yourself and your health is not going to be the same necessarily depending on the season. Exactly. And first of all, what a lucky child to have that influence of someone who knew that and could share that with you and help you through that. That's amazing. Um, but yeah, so for instance, myself, right? I do really well in the spring. I am like, I need that kapha. I'm I'm good. And then in summer, as the heat comes on, my pizza increases. I, I suffer from different pizza problems, you know? So yeah, so for you, it's like focusing on that springtime, which is why spring would be the best time for you to do panchakarma. And for me, it's, it would be like late summer, early fall, you know, so. Oh, interesting. Okay. So let's dive into Panchakarma. I'm super excited to talk about it. What is Panchakarma? I know that that's also a really big question, but we'd love to hear about it. Technically, Panchakarma means five actions and it's a classical system of detoxification and rejuvenation using five elimination therapies to balance the doshas in our body. And the five elimination therapies are can be sound intimidating. <laughs> I kind of hesitate, but it's um, nausea, which is a nasal application of medicines, enemas, purgation, which is say drinking something to purge the body, and vomiting, and bloodletting or blood cleansing. 
So those all sound like, whoa, what are you? Yeah, that doesn't sound, sound fun. <laughs> yeah. So what we do, but Vancha Karma is much more than that. So those things happen through the program, depending on your needs, depending on your strength, depending on your constitution, all of that. But what, what it also includes is a classical mono diet of Kitri and a lot of really delicious body therapies, Ayurvedic body therapies. So oiling and sweating, nourishing the body, draining the lymph, uh, moving things through deep hydration, sweating, you know, it's, it's, it's a very full program and it's a tight container. Well, the way I learned it is a tight container. Wow. Okay. So I think it's really interesting, this idea of cleansing our body and, and the mono diet with kitchery. I mean, you're literally just eating one food. That's like a very simple, like lentil based food usually. Is that right? Yeah. It's, it's uh, lentils, rice and vegetables and Ayurvedic spices, and it's cooked like baby food. And you know, usually people are fine, you know, for, we do a five day program and I think I do a pretty, I make a pretty good kitchery, but you know, if you've never done, if you've never experimented with mono diets or fasting or anything like that before, it could be a challenge. A lot of our clients have already had experiences like that. So it's not such a, such a shock, but it can be for sure. But yes, so the mono diet is meant to give your digestion nothing to do. So what in Ayurveda, we have uh, different fires all over our body. There's like 40 different fires within the body. And the main one is that Jatar Agni. It's the stomach fire. It's the digestive fire. And we want to bring that fire down to have to do almost nothing for a week so that all the other fires can burn up toxins in the body that we're releasing and moving through and draining. Wow. That honestly eating... That mono diet, Kitri, you said, sounds amazing to me because <laughs> in human design, my my diet is hot foods and wanting really warming foods. And then I'm assuming because I'm Vata that that's, that helps bring me back into balance a little bit. And I run really cold. So in human design, it's that medicine of the opposite for me. And every detox cleanse that I've ever done, it's all of these cold juices and smoothies. And I end up feeling so bloated and so just not good in that process. And I always said to Brian, like, I wish I could do a cleanse where I'm eating something that's not cold where I am, or drinking something that's like warm. Um, so you were meant for Ayurveda cleanses. Absolutely. Yeah. That sounds like, okay, I need to go do this because just that overall, and it does sound really intense with the vomiting and Mm -hmm. the bloodletting. So what (laughs) what does that that look like? (laughs) Yeah. So first of all, you only do vomina, which is the vomiting. If you have high kapha and um, need to eliminate kapha from the system. And usually when I take someone through Panchakarma the first time, we don't do the vamana. I, I want to know them. I want to know their their anxiety levels and their body strength and all those things. I don't usually fly someone in and be like, okay, day one, we're going to vomit. You know? <laughs> you're, gentle, but, I mean, you're such a gentle yeah. practitioner. You work people in to where it feels natural. 
Exactly. And we build up over time, you know, because um, ideally someone would come see us once a year at least, you know, but yeah, so that's that. And it's what I can say about it is it's not, um, it's not a very unpleasant process. You know, you can't associate it with times you've been sick or times you've drank too much alcohol and your body is like re- rejecting and revolting. It's not that at all. It's a very mechanical process, uh, kind of like a yogic stomach cleansing type thing. Mm. It's so interesting, uh, just the digestion and cleansing. Those two words are something that I think the average person is only now awakening to. And these are themes that seem so important. They're like crucial to our entire life, our wellness in general, the cleansing and our digestion. And when we talk about diet, I think that people really think about the food and the nutrients. And from a human design perspective, we dabble a little bit into that diet realm, but we're only talking about your energetic system that is digesting. We're not actually talking about the food at all. So I'm just really excited for people to be awakening to these realms and to get excited and and feel empowered around cleansing and digestion and to move into that. So is Panchakarma a fit for everyone once a year? And then it would depend on your own constitution when you would come in and the different things that you would do. So yes, um, Panchakarma, there's, there's two, there's two like categories of people that are three, I should say, that are not eligible for like our program. One, if you're super emaciated, right? For whether whether it's being sick or age or eating disorder, whatever it is, we can't do panchakarma if it's going to deplete your tissues to the point of really difficult repair, right? So there's that. Can't do it if you're pregnant. <laughs> we don't want to do cleansing when you're trying to grow. And then also, you know, there's a lot of like, um, you really shouldn't be doing panchakarma with someone who has cancer or is um, recently gone through chemo. You want to wait until they're in more of a recovery state. So those are, yeah. And otherwise, just about anyone else is eligible for panchakarma. And the way we do it, especially, I feel comfortable treating just about anybody. I learned from two classically trained teachers that were both medical doctors as well, who learned in India, learned this amazing science nerd in India. And um, so my program, uh, Ashley and I's program, I should mention my wife, (laughs) we do this together. It's very classically based, although it's been shortened to five days for this kind of modern person. Like most people have a job that they are not their own boss and they can't ask for more than a week off at a time. So we are, we do this very, very tight container, very like intensive, you know, five day treatment plan for people. Yes, I love it. And I've been so grateful to get to witness it and just be, you know, slightly a part of it. I've never actually done a punch of cummer with you before, but I did get to do an oil massage. Uh, am I saying this right? Abhyanga? Yes, Abhyanga. Yeah, uh-huh. a- and it was amazing. Mm. So I wanted to kind of dive into, because I know within this realm, your wife, Ashley, also does the acupuncture and you focus also on skincare and 
esthetician work. And I'd love to talk a bit about skin and oil. I am so curious about this because I actually, Shane and I both have really oily skin, especially when we were younger and in high school really struggled with acne and our, you know, Western medicine doctor was like, Oh, take proactive and all of these crazy chemicals that will burn your face that are oil free. And even as a 15 year old, I was like, I don't know anything about skin, but I know that this is not right. Like it feels so wrong to be putting this proactive on my face. It's burning. It's like the opposite of what feels healthy and natural. So I'm curious to just hear a bit about skincare and oil and the realm of that. You know, I I know that you can cleanse oil with oil and that's so different from what we've been taught in this kind of Western world. Right. Well, sometimes our oil overproduction is actually because we're overproducing oil, but I would say more often than not, it's because we're drying out our bodies and our bodies are trying to produce enough oil, like overproduction of oil for that reason. So then if you just try to dry, if you're drying it out more, you're going to make it worse and worse. Right. But the, the real like trick to skincare is that you have to remember that this skin is just reflecting the skin of your intestines and it's all about what you're taking in, what you're taking in in a, in a physical level of eating and drinking, and also what you're taking in through your senses. You know, that we, we process everything through our, our sight and our taste and our touch and our smell and our, and our hearing. And these are things that we then then affect our bodies. And actually each of those is related to the elements and then related to the doshas. And so again, it's just, you know, this whole, we are a microcosm of the, of creation. And so I think that most of the time I, so I'm an, I am an esthetician. I got my esthetician license mostly because Ayurvedic practitioners don't have a license to touch in this country. And I wanted to be able to do, put my hands on people and do the therapies and move into Panchakarma. And so I was like, oh, estheticians, this, and, and Ashley has a, like, was like, yes, you please go to esthetician school because she loves skincare. For myself, I, I don't want to make anyone roll their eyes, but I, I've never had a skin problem, but Ashley had a big challenge in her late teens and twenties, like terribly uncomfortable and painful cystic acne we used to have to felt like she had to wear lots of makeup. They, you know, the same thing, doctors gave her medications and it was really a journey of finding the health within her gut and within herself that cured that, um, you know, but it, it took time, you know, it took a lot of time, but oil on our skin is a good thing. Most of the time, there are a few people who have like an oil-based dermatitis that can show up. And so Maybe they shouldn't be using so much oil. Maybe they should be using more like hyaluronic acid serums and other ways of cleansing the skin. There's so many beautiful Ayurvedic skincare products out there now. And and, um, that's always fun. But I actually don't really use anything because like a a very basic oil will do most everything you need Mm, and a healthy diet and plenty of water. (laughs) That's so, I mean, it's so important to talk about. I think skincare is definitely having a surge, like a moment with social media and TikTok. Like my younger friends that are in their early twenties, they know so much about skincare from TikTok that I'm almost like, do I need to get on TikTok so I can learn about skincare? But 
you know, when we talk about skin, it's like, you know, we talk about this theme a lot in human design that something that can seem like artificial, like you only care about your skin because of the way that you look, but it's like our skin is our largest organ on our body. Our skin is our body and it is the external reflection of what's happening internally and loving your skin and doing so in a really natural way where once again, you feel empowered, you feel like it's an act of love. That's so powerful. And one of the things I wanted to share about getting to do the oil massage with you, where you're dripping the oil like on your third eye, I felt like the energy of just so much love and devotion and this divine feminine queen energy and being touched with oil, like it almost moved me to tears because I feel in our world, in our digital age, where we're getting to connect through podcasts like this, that's incredible. I'm so grateful that we get to share conversations and share information in this digital realm. But I think so many of us are missing skin-to-skin contact. We're missing having a body worker, a healer, give their love and devotion and remind you of that loving essence that's within you. I just think that it's so powerful and important. I think we're going to really see a trend moving back into going to physical retreats, reconnecting with body work, reconnecting with our body's wisdom. And I'm really excited for individuals like you that are leading that realm. I think that anyone that works in a technology industry, like Shane and I do, having a podcast, it's so important to find and curate moments where you can really come together physically and re-engage with the magic there because I think that that's something that we're really missing and it's so healing in so many ways. Yeah, I think... What I like to describe our studio as an anointing temple, you know, we're, mm. we're anointing the body. Yes. Um, and yes. we put a lot of prayer into our work and a lot of prayer and mantra into, into loving these individuals that get on the table. It's very real for us. Yeah, to, you to can care. feel it. Oh, thank you. You can feel it. Yeah, I was literally like in tears crying the whole time because oh. it's just the devotion of, you know, the energy behind it, the depth behind it, it's really special. And I also wanted to ask you about other rituals that you like to do in your life. I know that Ayurveda is really based in health and wellness and the things that you're consuming, but also I know that there's so much of the energetic side of it. So I wanted to ask you, are there any rituals that you like doing at different times of the year that kind of unite the more spiritual side of it with your physical body? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, the, 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 the routine becoming ritual through it's like feeling in your body. Right. So there's, there's probably a lot. And I think the thing that helps me get in touch the most is raising animals and (laughs) food and, and farming and being in a farming community to me that is there's there's a there's a rhythm to the to the to the year that can't be anything other than what it is in that in that realm and so that would be one thing we do do a, a puja every Wednesday evening in our family and you know it is a it is like a traditional Hindu puja. I I don't even know how if I would like describe myself as as a as a Hindu woman or anything like that. No, I I'm not. I'm just I'm just a human with a really open heart for the divine. 
but I, I had a, I had a Jyotish reading and, um, Jyotish Vedic astrology. And I asked my teacher and it's incredible, um, Jyotishi, what I needed to do to promote my greatest health in life and to, to stay healthy. Cause I, and I, I think I did this for my 40th birthday. And she said, oh, you just have to do Durga Puja every Wednesday for the rest of your life and you'll be fine. <laughs> no big oh, deal. <laughs> no big deal. So do I hit it every Wednesday? No, but I, but I try. So that, that is a ritual for sure. And there's a mm-hmm. ritual of uh, preparing the space, my space and doing the ceremony and then finishing with uh, a song and things like that. I start every day with a morning circle with um, my wife and children uh, where we sing and pray and chant and talk about our intentions for the day. That is probably one of the most important rituals in my life. Yeah, that's so beautiful. And I wanted to share from your human design chart, which we're looking at as we listen to you talk, which is always so fun for us because we see things that you're saying reflected in this energy. And you have gate five so strongly in your chart. It's one of your Mercury gates. So the main thing that you're here to communicate in this world, it's also one of your moon gates, which tells us it's the thing that grounds you emotionally and then gives you a drive to externalize your work. And gate five is all about connecting to the natural sacred rhythms in life, um, the seasons, the life and death cycles that happen within our life, both metaphorically and physically, giving birth and passing away, but also metaphorically, and health routines and spiritual rituals that (laughs) unite us to those things. So like you are so on the money, it's not even funny. And, you know, in general, so much in your chart is just about supporting other people, helping people transform, really being attuned to be able to assess others, to match them with the things that are going to really work for them. And then you're really gifted at communicating, educating people on why this is going to support them on what you see in them that is going to be made matched with this thing. So it's really beautiful to hear those things reflected. And gate five, this energy of attuning to natural rhythms, it also has a reflection for us in astrology and seeing the seasons that happen and how we are a part of that. We are connected to that. We are a part of nature. We are part of everything. And I think it's really beautiful, the the practices that you do and that you share, the way that it unites us with life's natural rhythm The way that we remember our own natural rhythm within us, I think is so such healing medicine. So it's really cool that you have that in your chart. I feel so lucky. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. And honestly, the way that your chart is connected is so unique and um, just really special with the work that you're doing and the way that you live your life with your family and community. You have this almost completely undefined G-Center and the only gate there is gate 46. And our G-Center is all about our life path and our soul and our mission. And yours being undefined really tells us that you can sit across from someone and really see them, really see where they're headed, what they're needing, where they're at. It's this life coach kind of energy But because you have gate 46, gate 46 is the love of the physical body and helping people to attune toward where their body is guiding them. 
um, in their path in life, listening to their body, tuning into their body signals, noticing when they haven't honored their body or where they can honor their body more. So it's spot on with the way that you're using this. And then your North Node gates, the, the qualities that you're here to grow into in this life, a big part of your purpose are gate 33, the gate of retreat and gate four, oh. providing solutions and formulas and problem solving. So hosting retreats, having time on your own to reflect, having your life feel like a retreat where you're getting to observe things and reflect on the things that you've observed and then providing solutions to the problems that you're you have been observing. This is like big life purpose zone energy for you. And it's just this whole time that you've been sharing. And this is my first time meeting you. And I've been looking at your chart this whole time. And I'm like, oh my gosh, of course, of course, of course. And you know, when we talk about all of your channels and gates and stuff, when you have something, you know, we could talk about it with work. We could talk about it with family. We could talk about it, you know, in your internal world. But if you're only using some of your gifts with something, you're going to feel like something's missing. And it can feel like, oh, this is good. I can do this. I'm into it. But over time, it's like, oh, there's just something missing. Like, it's not what I thought it was, or I'm feeling burnt out. And the goal is really showing up as your full self. So it's so fascinating to see how you're showing up as your full self in this work and why it feels so purposeful and aligned for you. You have a lot of community energy as well. Um, So it's just really beautiful to get to see. Oh, and also you have gate 18, which is all about empowering people to be their own authority, giving them the tools that they need to be able to make the change that they're wanting to see, not wanting to handhold them or micromanage them, but instead say, here, this is, let me teach you. Let me show you. Now you can implement this. You can do this. You're empowered now. So empowerment, community, rituals and routines, retreating, problem solving, finding those solutions. I mean, it's just all... It's all there. It's all you. And it's just so beautiful to get to witness how you're using these gifts in your life. That's incredible. I feel really lucky that I've uh, I've gotten gotten here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, all of that resonates. When I, uh, you know, my Jyoti, she also said my life purpose is to be a friend. I'm like, that great. That's, I'm done. <laughs> and that up. is what I am. I, I, I'll, I sit with, you know, I spend a lot of one-on-one time with people in retreat. I, I am, I am listening and I'm offering reflection. I'm offering them self-reflection. I'm offering them the space to contemplate themselves and, and to, to feel themselves and to pay attention to themselves. And yeah, I really resonate with the, with, you know, life being a retreat. I'm I'm actually very not social at all. Like I I love to be home. I my vision of myself as an old woman is in a monastery. You know, I have yeah same. That's where I'm going. Uh so yeah that that I think every every single aspect of what you said, Shana, really resonates. And I love that. I love when a system brings light. Like what your human design, what you ladies do in its, in your masterful way is you're bringing light. And I think, you know, many systems work, right? Jyotish works, Chinese astrology works, all of it works. They're all, all paths leading to the same, the same yeah. place of Absolutely. self-realization, light, the divinity, however you want, however you want to say it. And then when you really commit to one path, um, say Ayurveda, you know, for health. Whereas, you know, so you can get to the same place through Chinese medicine or the same place, even through, um, 
you know, whatever Western doctor that you're feeling like really aligns with it. That's, that's where, you know, the magic happens in, in, in Ayurveda, there's, there has to be a synergy between the patient, the doctor and the dravya, which is the substance or the herb or the medicine or whatever the medicine is. It, it's, it's not necessarily a thing, right? So, um, yeah, that, that can happen in, in any, any combination, but I'm really, I feel very committed and aligned with Ayurveda and, um, and guidance of the stars and, and people's amazing systems. Yeah. I'm so fascinated and I'm just wanting to, I'm wanting to go do a panchakarma. I'm like, but I want to do it before I get pregnant. <laughs> wanna, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, um, oh my gosh. Well, we have an incredible um, track record of women coming to do panchakarma to prepare for conception and being pregnant within like a month. So be ready. Wow. If you do come, be ready. <laughs> Amazing wow. track record. You do panchakarma retreats both in Colorado and in Southern California. How often do you do them in a year? So that's kind of shifting actually for our work, uh, mostly because I have two small children mm-hmm. and it gets harder and harder to uproot. Now, it doesn't mean I don't have the adventurous spirits want to go spend like a month in Panama with them or something, but to uproot everything for many weeks of work and to come back, it's it's a lot. So we're actually, we offer private retreat in Colorado, basically every, every other week, year round. So based on someone's you know availability and needs or conditions, any month we can do a Pancha Karma. I think we have four spaces left in 2023 and then we're starting to book for 2024. Wow. Um, and traditionally we've spent January's in Joshua Tree to do group retreats. And the group retreats are are um it's lovely because you get to you get to go through this with other people. I I love I love both. They both have value, but I've been very um like dedicated and interested and committed to like cultivating this private retreat where I'm just sitting in my room with someone and like helping them find their way, you know. Wow. Okay. I love it. So where can people connect with with you and find your work and check out your retreats and all of the information on it? Yeah. So we have a website, somamountainrejuvenation.com. And we're on Instagram. We don't post as often as I like on Instagram, but there's some good stuff up there. There's a great um, daily routine video up there um, that my wife made that is, I think, kind of perfect for anybody wanting to adopt a very simple morning routine from Ayurveda. And just reach uh, email. Like I do really well with emails. I want to connect with everybody's specific questions. And um, usually it's best to jump on the phone for a short call to find out if Pancha Karma is, uh, or not if it's good, when it's going to be good for them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Amazing. I love it. And I love, I just love your energy. I love how in alignment you are. And I love that we got to just witness your gifts and I can't wait to come. I, I want to come with my partner. Yes. Yeah. We do couples. Yeah. I love that. I'd love to have you. 
Yes. Thank you so much, Heather. Thank you for sharing this knowledge with us. I feel like I learned so much. I I think people listening are going to be taking notes and diving into things more. So thank you so much. And we're going to have you leading a mini course in our besties for all of our besties community where they can learn more rituals from you. I'm excited to just always continue to be learning from you. So thank you so much for being here today, for sharing your insight and your projector wisdom with us. We appreciate it so much. Thank you so much. You both bring so much like comfort and ease and enjoyment to something like this. I'm really honored and, and I enjoyed it. Thank you.